Good morning, everybody. I hope you are well. I hope you are rested. Grab your Bibles. We're not going to waste any more time. We're going to get right into it. We're in Luke chapter 8 this morning. Church, we have our work cut out for us. The world needs to hear and see the gospel being applied to every aspect of our lives. It's always been that way. It's that way today. You know, it says on the doors to this place that our desire is to know Christ and to make him known. And I love that because it falls right in line with the great commission that Jesus gave his disciples, that gave his church. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That means everything you see, one you see, belongs to Jesus. It all belongs to him. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, all ethnic groups, all people groups of all places, not converts, but disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. That is our mission, both here locally in the next town over and overseas and abroad. The thing I want us to realize this morning as we come into the text in Luke chapter 8 is if you don't already know this, that God thinks of us all as his missionaries. We are a people on mission, all of us, locally and abroad. We all have different roles in this mission, but we are all part of the same mission. So I want us to read our passage today in Luke chapter 8 through the eyes of being God's missionary people, people sent with a message. So before we get into it, let's, let's pray together and ask the Holy Spirit to teach us. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the way it illuminates our lives, the way it exposes the issues in our heart. I pray, Lord, that we will have the courage to follow you. Help us to hear your word and apply it to our lives, to act upon it. Give us soft hearts, Lord. Help us have courage to apply it and to act. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So today, in the text, it's training day. Jesus is talking to his disciples about the reality of this mission that we are all on. So let's, let's begin reading in Luke chapter 8. So after this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The 12 were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the manager of Herod's household. Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. So here we see Jesus' mission, right? He is here proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God, to proclaim, to tell, to say it, to show it. And Jesus enters the mess from each town and village to another, and he brings the good news right there and right then. It's not just a message of life abundantly later, after you die. It is about a life abundant now, here, in this reality. Today in the media, we see bad news It's not good news, it's bad news. Destruction, hatred, division, corruption, dishonesty. And the good news of of the kingdom of God is, is about love, it's about charity. 
It's about justification, redemption, justice. It's about peace. It's about shalom. It's about unity. And it's not just this spiritual thing for our soul, but it is also a social gospel that's actually expressed in reality here and now because our world belongs to Jesus. Our world just hasn't realized it yet, and that is what we are here to do. So when Jesus came, he's inaugurating the kingdom of God, and he's not doing this alone. He's doing it in the midst of community. The 12 are with him, right? He's showing them the way and giving them uh, jobs to do along the way, plus some women who had received the message from before and now have joined the mission with him. And they supported the mission financially. So there's a reality being expressed here that we are not meant to do this mission alone. It's not a one-man job. It's meant to be done in community. And there is a practical cost to this mission. It costs money, and it costs time and energy, and that's just part of that mission. The weight and responsibility is shared among many, and that's how it's supposed to go. So what about his message, right? This mission, this mission has a message to it, and the message is the word of God. And the goal is to help people hear the message of the word of God to the point of action, to the point of change, to the point of them becoming part of the mission with us, right? Let's read on verses 4, and I'll go all the way to verse 21. So while a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told them this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on rock, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture Other speed fell among thorns which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, yielded a crop, a hundred times more than what was sown. When he said this, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. And he said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to others, I speak in parables so that though seeing, they may not see, though hearing, they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but then they have no root. They believe it for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. No one lights a lamp and hides it under a, in a jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, he puts it on a stand so that all those who come in can see the light. 
There is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, will be taken from him. Now, Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. And someone told him, your mother and brothers are here, standing outside, wanting to see you. And he replied, my mother and my brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. So we have three sections Three parts in this section. We have the soils and the light and and then the family at the end. And the common thread in all these three is is this idea of hearing and doing, being careful how we hear and how we listen. And that's why I wanted to group these together. So in verses 4 through 8, we have this parable of of a sower who went to sow seed. Some fell along. Some fell among the rock, some fell among the thorns, and still others fell in the good soil, which produced a crop a hundred times what was sown. And parables are simple stories with everyday, easy to understand, relatable things in it so that those who hear this story could ponder its meaning. They could take the story with them. They, They weren't reading it out of a book like we are. They had to remember it. And so these parables really invite that, and it's meant to... uh give the listeners time to ponder it. It invites more. Ends the parable with an invitation. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And that statement really introduces to us the biblical idea of hearing and understanding, and I want to explain that. The biblical idea of having understanding of something is if you really understand something, then you will apply it. Just because someone can repeat what was said does not mean that they understand it. The one who applies what was said, where action follows, that is the biblical definition of hearing and understanding. So Jesus, by saying that, he's inviting people into the process of applying his teachings to their lives. And the disciples say, what is the meaning of the parable? He says to them, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that though seeing they may not see, and though hearing they may not understand. When the disciples ask the meaning, he straight up tells them, not everyone's going to dig what he says. He says that to the ones who enter into this process of applying to allowing his message to shape their lives, more will be given. Right? But to those who don't, even though it's right there for their eyes to see it, even though it's right there for their ears to hear it, they'll refuse to see it. They'll refuse to hear the words. They ignore it. This is a quote from Isaiah 6, where the Lord had told the prophet Isaiah that his message would go out to, but upon hearing it, many people would harden their heart against the word, against the message. And so the reality is they don't want to hear it. They don't want to see it. So he goes on. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are those who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy. But they have no root. They believe it for a while. But in the time fall away, the seed 
that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. They do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those who, with a noble and good heart, who hear the word, they retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. As we read this, it's really easy to see, if we just stop and think about it for a little bit, that this is talking more about soil than seed, right? And, and soil here is compared to people's hearts, people's souls. And, and, and then as we look at it even closer, we see that the, real, the only real favorable soil that is being described here was the last one, the soil number four. So the desire, the mission is that we would see everyone eventually get into that category, right? However, there is this reality that there is opposition and there are obstacles to overcome and seeing not just ourselves get there, but seeing others get there. So let's break it down. The seed is the word of God. It's, it's this good news message. It's not just this one uh, isolated word of God. It's about the whole word of God. It's not just about sal- salvation, but it's also about sanctification. It's about growth and maturity. It's about faith and love and action. It's for the here and now, and it's for the after. And the first soil is those whose seed fell along the path. Here the word of God is walked on. It's trampled on. People are indifferent to it. They are the ones who hear it. But then the devil comes and takes the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved? Listen up. Seriously, we have an adversary. We have an actual enemy whose mission is to get in the way of us accomplishing our mission, the mission of Christ. The devil is a thief. He steals the word of God. He seeks to kill and destroy. He seeks to divide, to strike fear into people. The Bible says he prowls around like a roaring lion searching for people to devour. He is the accuser of the brethren, and he is the father of lies. And sometimes this reality is that sometimes people won't believe the good news message because of the devil. He steals it. The next soil is the rock. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it. But they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. They receive it with joy. It is good news to them, but they, they believe it only for a while. It's a temporary thing, but the time of testing comes, they fall away. I see this a lot. I see this a lot with people in addiction. They, they relapse. They, they lapse into the old way, the old familiar way of coping with life. They haven't learned yet to wait on the Lord. They haven't learned how to ride out the storms of life with Jesus yet. And it is our job, it is our mission to help them prepare for these times of testing and, and to go through the times of testing with them. James 1 says, Consider it pure joy, brothers, when you fall into trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. 
And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And in 1 Peter, it also says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ. You know, we could view the testing and the trials of our lives as as just difficult times uh, due to life's circumstances. But technically, the testing that James and Peter were talking about were the trials of being persecuted for standing up for the gospel. That people were being outspoken in word and deed for Jesus and his values, and then they were being persecuted for it. That was a real test. That was a real trial to stand up under. And as we are on this mission, it would behoove us to warn people that times of testing are ahead, to be careful that we are not sharing a gospel that says, hey, if you accept Jesus, all your problems magically disappear. That is just not true. That is a false gospel. And so maybe if people are expecting times of trial and testing, maybe there's a chance that they will hold on and become rooted. Verse 14 is about the thorns. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries. They are choked by life's riches. They are choked by life's pleasures, and they do not mature. The thorns, these are the people who are immature in the faith, as Jesus defines it, because of worry, because of riches, and because of pleasure. In other words, they're more concerned about their own welfare. They're more concerned about their possessions, what they have or maybe what they don't have yet. And they're more concerned about their comfort. How often has our desire for comfort prevented us from entering the pain and the suffering in our world? or facing the problems of, the own, of our own thorns in our lives. This is compared to good seed growing among thorns. Thorns are an invasive species. Life's worries, life's riches and pleasures that choke out the word of God are things we need to eradicate. Not just in our personal lives, but in our society. Here in the Northwest, we've got blackberry bushes. They're all around. And I don't know if you have ever tried to eradicate blackberry bushes, but you have your work cut out for you. You can use chemicals. You know, you can go that route. But if you're going to do it by hand, I I, I found the four-step process, and I want to read it to you because it really does have a uh, spiritual allusion to, to yanking out the thorns in our lives. It is a process. So here's the steps. Step one. You cut back the vines to about six inches, and you leave six inches so you have a handle to hold on to to provide leverage for you to pull out the, th- the roots and the vines. So if you cut it, then you pull out manageable small vines as long as you are able to get up most of the root as well. It's real important that you get to the root, okay? We want to root out our worries, our love of riches and pleasures, And it says to use a tool, use a trowel or a pitchfork to get up as many roots as you can. And step three is dig around the crown. Once you dig deep enough, you'll find a nice big crown of the larger canes using a shovel or pitchfork or trowel and and pull up as much of the root as you can. And you only start cutting the root where digging is no longer possible. You cut uh, 
and you get down as low as you can for the old and the deep roots, okay? Make no mistake, that's a long day. And the step number four might sound a little discouraging, but it says repeat digging and cutting twice a year for one to three years. And realistically, in our spiritual walk, digging up the roots of the thorns in our lives does take one to three years, realistically. But can you imagine going through the process of weeding out the things that choke the word of God in your life and how good it would be when life's worries weren't consuming you because you had replaced it with God's word? Again, this, this applies to our personal life, our heart, and the heart of our community and the world we live in. Imagine being content and not worrying about what the advertisers tell you you need. Imagine not having this phobic reaction to suffering and discomfort. Imagine being on mission with Jesus where everything in your life has meaning and purpose It takes time and it takes hard work, but if we do it, our hearts will be noble and good. Because it's clear here that by listening to Jesus' parable, that it's his desire that we would all be good soil. Soil number four, the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, they retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Instead of running away or falling away, they actually draw near. Instead of running from the thorns, we would move toward them and eradicate them because we trust in Jesus. His words are a light to us. They reveal what is actually in our heart right now. And according to Jesus, talking to his disciples, people fall into one of these categories here. Either you are indifferent to, the, to his word and the devil steals it out of your heart so you won't believe and be saved. Or, or you're not rooted yet. You receive it with joy, but, and, and your heart needs more softening. Or maybe you're kind of fruitless. The word and the world are mixed together too much, and it chokes the word of God. And you don't bear much fruit at all. But the thing we know about ground, about soil from our experience of working with it outside, is that no matter what the condition the soil is today, it can improve. Hardened soil can be made soft. Rocks and thorns can be removed over time. Our mission, church, is to become ourselves the soil number four, the good soil, where we hear the word, where we retain it, and we persevere and produce a crop, Right? Are you willing and ready to allow the Lord to do his work in your heart so you can help others go through the same kind of growth? And you know what this soil, all this soil has in common? Most of the activity, most of what's really going on is all beneath the surface. It's all beneath the surface. It's covered up, right? And I think that Jesus is calling people to be honest with themselves and and with him on what's really going on beneath the surface. He, He can work 
with somebody who is honest with themselves and with him, someone who is ready to acknowledge their reality. Verse 16, he says, no one lights a lamp and hides it in a jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, he puts it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. He's talking about honest transparency here. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, will be taken away. The parable of the sower and the soil reveals where our heart really is. Okay? Are we ready to be honest about it? Are we ready to be open about it? Or are we going to hide it? John in his gospel, talks about this idea. In John 3, it says, this is the verdict. Light, Jesus, has come into the world, but men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light because their deeds were evil and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. I believe that Jesus wants us to know today that there is nothing to be afraid of, that there is actually nothing even to hide. It's just the reality, the truth about where our heart is actually at today. So don't try to hide it. There is no point. Whatever you're hiding, it is going to come out into the open someday, so it might as well be now so you could get on with life eternal and join the mission. He says, consider carefully how you listen, weigh it out. Consider the cost. Who are you going to trust more, your old ways or Jesus' words? Is Jesus saying to you as you read this, are you hearing, it's time to soften your heart. It's time to start removing the rocks and the thorns in your heart. If so, move towards it. Don't run from it. The ones who move toward the light, who allow God to begin this work, are the, actually the people that God is looking for. Jesus is looking for the ones who are ready to do that. He will work with you. Verse 19, Jesus' mother and brothers are, are there to see him, but they weren't able to get to him because of the crowd. And someone told him, hey, your mother and your brothers are standing outside. They want to see you. But Jesus said, My mother and my brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. I I really don't know how you view yourself today. But I think Jesus sees you as his missionary. And what role you take in his body, in, in this picture, on this mission, it can be figured out if you don't know what it is yet. I want to ask a few questions. Uh, Are you one of the prayer warriors praying that the word of God would be effective in people's lives, that people would receive the gospel with joy and not have it stolen from their heart by the devil, or, or to pray that it would take root in their lives? Are you here to help those through those times of testing so that their faith will grow and mature and complete? 
Are you one that helps people dig out the thorns of their lives? Are you committed to that three-year process to help people eradicate those things that choke out the word of God? Are you good soil? Do you want to be? I want to be. Jesus wants that for us too. And I, I really do want to be a body of believers who Jesus is proud to call his disciples, his team, his real family. And so we are all in. The good news of the kingdom of God is for us and for all. And we are going to put our money where our mouth is. We're going to apply his words to our hearts and to help each other do it. And even though it might be a scary thing, we're going to let God do some digging in our hearts this season. Because he says, my family those are those who hear God's word and they put it into practice. Woe to us if we don't. Let's pray. Jesus, I believe we can make a difference in this community. I believe that you have put us here on purpose for a purpose. And it is our desire to know you and to make you known. And the reality is we need to uh, go through this process of allowing your word to transform our heart, to change our heart from rocky and thorny soil to good soil. We want to produce a crop. So Lord, have your way among us. Do your good work in our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, there's one more character in the parable that I didn't talk about. From the parable, who is the one who scatters the seed? Who is the one scattering the word of God? If it's not us, then who is it? For the benediction from Romans 10, I say, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Church, you are the sent ones. You are God's missionary people. You have a good message, a good news message to bring. You are the church. Let's go and be the church. Ready, set, break.